praise the Lord, we're here today to talk about living with Jesus day by day. That's what that song was all about. And I remember that song, you know, back in, I think it was 1970-something. Um, I never went to see the movie, but the song was very popular. You know, I remember that. The song, and we went to see the play, um, Godspell, um, at Life Pacific College. And it was such a, it was a fun experience. Actually, Rosie went with us. And it was really neat. It was a musical. And it was all about, you know, them teaching us from the book of Matthew on character. You know, Jesus was teaching everyone, you know, all his disciples about character. And so it was a lot of fun. And I thought, hmm, okay, that sounds good. That's what we need to continue growing in and to continue, you know, to seek the Lord about and to continue to grow. But before I start, I wanted my mom to stand up today. I like to embarrass her real big. <laughs> I just wanted to, um, Mom, tell you, and I'll probably start crying. <laughs> I always do whenever I tell her something like this, but I just want to thank you for being an inspiration to me. My mom loves people, and she doesn't hold anything against anyone. That's just the way she is. You know, I mean, you could probably do anything to her, maybe unless do something to her kids. But, <laughs> you know, she's just a wonderful person, and she walks in love. And I just wanted to honor you today, Mom, and thank you for supporting us for the last 33 years. You're always here for me and for us, and thank you so much. <laughs> So today, um, we're going to learn and continue to learn for some of us and some of us to learn um, how to walk with God more closely on a day-by-day -day basis. We want to see him more clearly, like the, the um, video said. We want to love him more dearly, and we want to follow him more nearly. And we're going to first start off with talking about how we can see him more clearly. Okay, that's the first thing. We want to see. What, what do we want to see about God, about Jesus? What do we want to see clearly about him? So while meditating on that and asking the Lord, you know, what does it mean to see him, you more clearly? You know, he gave me two areas to kind of go over. Um, the first area is we want to see Jesus more clearly in his fullness. In his glory, and in the power in our lives. And not just in our lives, but in others' lives. So if we want to see the power of God in our lives, we also, once we receive that power, once we see that glory in our lives, we want to give it to others because God wants us to do that. And an example of that, I don't know if any of you know Dodie Osteen. She's, I mean, I don't know her personally, but... You know, she's on uh, TV, and her son's a, a big uh, minister, Joel Osteen. But she had, she, was, um, she had terminal liver cancer in 1981. And um, so talking about seeing God more clearly in his glory in her life, uh, she stood on the word of God for, I think it was a year and a half or two years, and she got totally healed from cancer. But the point, and, and that's seeing God's glory, and that's seeing God's power. Uh, but the, the awesome thing is she didn't stop there. 
She continued, even after her husband, uh, I didn't mention this, but her husband did pass away, I don't know, about five or six years ago. So she's on her own now and she's supporting her son. But um, she not only received it herself, but she gives it to others. And I thought it was so interesting what she does. She prays for people, for them to get healed, of course, and she talks about cancer, she goes about, but they have this drive-through healing ministry that she has, where, because she can't go out to pray for everybody in their homes because their church is so big, so um, I'm not sure if it's once a month, People bring their uh, very sick family members in, like if they can't walk, if they have cancer, if they're weak, they drive them in. And sometimes they have, you know, 35 or 40 cars lined up. But she goes into each car, she prays for them, and, you know, believes God for them that they will be healed. And I thought that's such a good way, you know, of not just receiving it her herself, but giving it to others. And that's what we want to do. We want to continue... Uh, to give the, what we see in the Lord to other people. Uh, the Lord said, he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. He says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. That's Jeremiah 23, 28, and 29. So how do you think Jesus was able to heal and have miracles happen everywhere because he believed the words that he spoke. He believed that the words the Father gave him had power and authority. And so when he spoke, he knew because of this scripture here and what the word could do, that the fire would burn out the sickness and disease when Jesus prayed for people. And also that the word of God was like a hammer and it would um, break the bondages and the strongholds of the people when he prayed for them. He believed in the word of God. And that's why it's so important that you know when you're speaking the word of God, when you're studying the word of God, when you're um, meditating on the word of God, that the word of God is stronger than any two-edged sword. And I think the, and, and it pierces between the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. It pierces, it's active, it's alive. And what happens is a lot of people don't realize how powerful the word of God is. The enemy tries to trick us. He tries to get us to look over here, you know, do this over here. Forget about our plan. Forget about God's will. But to get us all looking at other things. When I'm telling you, if we just spent a little bit of time in the Word each day, our lives would change. And we would start seeing more miracles. We would start seeing more power. Things happening. I mean, things start happening. When you're in the Word of God and you're praying and you're, you know, communing with God, He loves that. And when you do that, He starts showing Himself strong. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He is pleased when we seek him and when we um, meditate and dwell on his word. So the word of God is important to me. It's like a red flag. When um, I, like I work for a healthcare agency, healthcare agency, and when I orientate people, I tell them, look, You've got to sign this contract and you've got to um, 
also, you've got to get a drug screen because our company makes you get a drug screen every time we hire someone new, right? And so if they don't do it, I tell them, look, this is a big red flag. And I tell them like three times, if you don't do this, the offer is going to be rescinded and you won't be working for Kaiser. Okay, that's all there is to it because our company is very strict. So I'm telling you today, the red flag of the word of God is if you don't study the word, if you don't get into the word, if you don't obey the Lord, Lord and, and seek him, I mean, it's up to you, but the red flag is you're going to be left behind in spiritual things. So that's my, you know, encouragement to you today. Was that an encouragement? <coughs> Very good. <laughs> and Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, for they are life to them who find them and health to all their flesh. So here's another confirmation of the word. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that, that give you confirmation of the power and of the healing um, that it provides and of the life that it gives us. Um, I have a friend at work, and this is talking about a testimony that she gave me. It was so awesome. Her name is Angelina, and she has an uncle. And her uncle, uh, about, I don't know how many years ago it was, but he's still doing well, um, he had, he went into a coma. And so when he went into the coma, they put him in the hospital and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. But his skin start, it was turned gray. Um, his skin turned gray and he went to like 107 degrees temperature. And so they kept checking him and checking him. They didn't know what was going on. Is this, is, am I sounding okay? Perfect. Yeah, I'm okay? Okay. Um, so. 107 degrees, they finally figured out he had stage four cancer of the lymph nodes, which is the worst kind of lymph node cancer you have. My husband had it, but it was first stage, right? And he got healed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but so anyway, he was in the hospital for two months. During that two months, my friend Angelina would go to him. She would read the Bible to him, even though he was in a coma. And she would share... Um, um, prayer. She would pray for him. She would also put on CDs so he could hear the word of God. So um, about two months out when he was in the hospital, she was in the room praying for him and she was praying prayers of deliverance. She kept saying, Lord, your word says that he will be delivered and you are our healer. And all of a sudden when she was praying that, he sat up in the coma. She was shocked. It, it scared her because he was in a coma and he sat up. <laughs> So it scared her, and she went to the nurse, um, and the nurse came back, and he had laid back down, but he had pulled all the, you know, his IV and everything out. So he was still in the coma, laying down, but everything was out. So she was like, okay, Lord, I know you're doing something here, but what's going on? He sat up, and now he's back down. He's still in the coma, right? So anyway, uh, what happened two weeks later, all of a sudden, he woke up out of the coma, I'm not sure if she was there or not, but he woke up out of the coma, they did tests, and he was totally healed of that four-stage cancer. Is that God or what? Is that showing his fullness, his glory, and his power? I would say so. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome uh, 
testimony, and he's still healed today. And she asked him when he woke up. She said, do you remember, you know, because we always like to, you know, did you remember when you were in that coma? Do you remember anything, or were you just not knowing anything? He goes, the only thing I remember is your voice. He told her, I remember your voice saying the word of God and praying for me. And all of his family was there, but he only remembered her voice. I thought that was a beautiful testimony that I could share with you all. So the other area we need to see more clearly in is Jesus's character. You know, we want to see him in his fullness, God doing all these things. But we, for our own selves also, we want to develop our character. And Jesus, he taught about character in the Beatitudes. Um, he, he's one with his word, and all through scriptures, he taught us how to be good Christians. He taught us in the Beatitudes how to be blessed, happy, and fortunate. I'm not going to go through all the Beatitudes. I chose a couple just to mention. For example, blessed are the meek, so they will inherit the earth. If we're meek and, and humble, the Lord will help us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right? Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What does that word mean? They will be satisfied. We will be satisfied if we hunger and thirst after God. And then I came to, blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. That's what we're talking about today, seeing God more clearly. How do we see him more clearly? We become pure in heart. Can we do it on our own to have a pure heart? No, we can't, we can't have a pure heart on our own. I could never, before I met the Lord, I lived in sin and I lived according to the world and I couldn't, I tried to be a good person, I failed. <laughs> but when I met him, then my life started changing and that's what's so beautiful is that he changes all of us. So what does it mean to be pure in heart? The Greek word for pure is katharis, and that means to be clean, blameless, unstained from guilt. The Greek word for heart, these are both in Matthew 5, 8, is cardia. And this can be applied to your physical heart and also to your spiritual center of life. So it's your physical heart and your spiritual center of life, your thoughts, desires, sense of purpose, will, understanding, and your character. So pure in heart means to be blameless. Now we know that we are not blameless without Jesus Christ. So it's through him that we can learn and to operate with a pure heart. So singleness of heart toward God means that there's no hypocrisy, we're not hypocrites. There's no guile in us. In other words, no guile means we don't like think bad of people. We think good of people. And then no hidden motives. Like when we go to do something, are our motives right? Are we doing it for the right thing? You know, I think, and this is, this is kind of a transparent thing I'm going to share with you. When we first started in ministry, I think my husband mentioned everybody left the church 12 years ago. So to me, that was a disaster. <laughs> because I'm like, back then, I've, I've developed a lot. Back then, it hurt me tremendously that all these people left the church. And I took it personally. 
I don't know how my husband, my husband's strong, so he's like, God's going to (laughs) steal. I mean, they didn't leave all at once, okay? It was over a period of time. So (laughs) I'm glad I I (laughs) said that because he replaced people. People would leave and God would replace people. But you know, you love people. And um, so, yes, I understand church people go in and out and they... God sends them other places, and I understand that. But this was our first church. He was the senior pastor, you know? And so it was just, so I guess what I'm saying, my motive, what was my motive in all that? I learned over the years, it's not really the amount of people, it's more so, Lord, I'm praying, because Jesus said when he left this earth that we would do greater works than him. And I know he wants to reach more people. So my prayer now is, Lord, send the people. Send multitudes. Send the people you want to send so they can accept you and learn about you. That's what it's all about, is getting people to love the Lord and, you know, to fellowship and to, um, you know, to, to learn and to grow and to be a better Christian. So the getting on to this pure heart that we can't have by our own. Um, David, in the Psalms in 5110, Psalm 5110 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew in me a steadfast spirit within me. So here he's saying, Lord, can you create this pure heart in me? Because I sure can't. So that's the prayer that he prayed. And... um, God is the one, like I said, that makes our hearts pure. So now the next point we're going to move to is first seeing him more clearly and then loving him more dearly. Don't we want to love him more? Don't we want to show our love more? I do. I know I do. And sometimes I say, Lord, I want to love you more. You know, I want to know more about you. I want to, you know, find out more about you. You know, like I read the scriptures and so forth. And, and, and they talk about Jesus and what he said. I want to know, how were you with your disciples? And, you know, were you fun with them? Were you strict with them? I mean, how were you? You know, I just, I want to know Jesus better. And I know the rest of us all, also do. And to fall in love with him is a wonderful feeling. He loves us with an everlasting love. And he is love. So... It doesn't matter what you do, he loves you. He, he, he doesn't always like things that you might do or approve of things that we might do, but he loves you. He loves me. And we have to know that. If we don't know that he loves us, we need to... I, I had a, a, my pastor one time, Pastor Major, um, I was struggling with something. He goes, do you know that God loves you? And I said, yes. He goes, you need to meditate on that all the time until you realize that God loves you. you know? And that's my meditate on the fact that God loves you and what he did for you so you, we can live in peace and know that no matter what happens, he's going to take care of us. Because he chose us before the foundations of the world. He wants us to love him with all our hearts, and he is drawing us with his tender kindness. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about this, because when I practiced today, it took me an hour, so I'm cutting things out as I go. (laughs) 
because I only have a half hour, <laughs> okay? Um, but I guess the thing that I, I, I think about, and maybe this will, and, and I'm sure everybody gets retros, you know, introspective at times and thinks about our past and what's happened to us. And what happened to me in my life when I look back and I see different things that happened and the Lord protected me, and, and he showed me how much he loved me and how he had a plan for me. And so I want to encourage you to look back at what, when you think, when you're praying and when you're thinking, think about the things that God has either protected you from or shown you in your life. With me, I remember when I was real young at the pool um, with my brothers, they were swimming and I was out you know, in the park and I was sitting there by myself just having fun and this man came up to me and he started talking to me and I felt uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden his hand was on my leg. And I said, I'm getting out of here. I think I was eight years old or something like that. And I ran so fast. I don't know how I got out of there. I can't even remember how I got off the tree because I was sitting on a tree. You know what I'm saying? But I look at that. God was protecting me. God was protecting me. There's many stories we hear about children. I just heard a story the other day, horrible story about a child who was stolen from her front yard that day, raped by a 16-year-old and put in a trash can. I just heard this yesterday from a lady I met. It's horrible out there, and we have to know that God is protecting us. And then another couple times, one time on the freeway, I fell asleep at the wheel, and I didn't die. I have so many, not so many, I have a few friends, their children passed away because they fell asleep at the will. I fell asleep at the will, it was 5 a.m. in the morning, I dozed, I went to the side, and all of a sudden I woke up and my foot was on the brake, and I didn't, nothing happened to me. So, I mean, that, these types of things, that's what I'm saying. God has a purpose for us when we think back about what he's done for us, or maybe we've never thought it was him, but now we're realizing, you know what, that was the Lord that saved me from that, right? That was the Lord that did that for me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. So our relationship with him is personal, each one of us. He wants to be our friend. He doesn't play hide and go seek with us. Like, where are you, Lord? Where are you? You know how when you played with your brothers and sisters? He's there every second. I'm here. I'm here for you. You don't have to look for me. I'm here, right here. What do you need? I'm here for you. And so that's the kind of love that he has for us. So we should have that love for him. Now, one thing I wanted to mention on the other end, you know, if we say that we love God and we hate our brothers or we treat our brothers bad, we're not loving him. God said we're a liar if we do that. And the reason I bring that up is because I hear a lot of people say, oh yeah, I love God or whatever. And then they're not getting along with their families or you know, they're not treating their husbands, their mothers, their brothers, their sisters. They're not treating them right. That doesn't compute to me. I mean, my husband and I and my son, we are all uh, strong-willed. And we are like everybody else. We have to work through our opinions, right? I mean, he thinks one thing, my son thinks another thing, and I think another thing, or else I'm siding with one of them. You know? Anytime we do things together, we do everything together. And so there's times when, you know, 
This one says this, and no, you can't do this. Yes, you can. No, you can't. No, yes, you can. And then we say, okay, let's pray. <laughs> let's pull apart until we get back and we can talk calmly about this. You know, that's what it's all about. It's not about that any of us are perfect. It's about do we recognize the right thing to do when we're, when we're getting ready to do the wrong thing or even when we have fallen into the wrong thing. Are we able to say, God, help me to get back and let's get it all back together so we can walk in love and we can stay in fellowship with God. Because when we get into strife, we're out of fellowship with God. That's all there is to it. When we, we start fighting and arguing, we're out of fellowship with God. And we don't want that. We want to stay as close as we can to him. We want to love him. And we want to treat each other with respect and kind, kindness with the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. It is the fruit of the Spirit. So one of the best ways to love God is to worship him. He loves it when we worship him. You saw Isaac up here today worshiping. I wish he was here. I think he had to go somewhere. He had to go to work. But we prayed for someone that would not entertain us. We prayed for a worshiper that would worship us and bring us in to union with God. And that's what we got in Isaac. He, he, you know, he's not up there for show. He's up there, I'm here to worship God, and he wants to bring all of us into it. Now, if you notice, when he backs up from the microphone, because he likes to do that and listen to see if we're singing. <laughs> A lot of times we're not singing that loud. So he, that's what he's up there for. So it's not about how we sound, because I know sometimes when he pulls back, I'm like, ooh, I don't sound that good. You know? <laughs> but no, he's there to help us worship. And that's the way we get close. God loves the praises of his people. He, he, he enters the praises of his people. He comes down. His anointing comes down when we praise him. So let's just continue to do that. And to praise really is to kiss the face of God to kiss him, to be close to him. That's what the original language for worship literally means, to kiss. <laughs> to kiss the face of God, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so when we kiss the face of God is when we worship him and he Loves it, you have to be very close to someone to kiss him, right? So it's a constant relationship with the Lord, and nothing transforms us like the love of God. And a mother's love, because God is unconditional, and here today on Mother's Day, a mother's love is unconditional with her children. Um, it's just amazing how much we love our children. Um, and like I said before, I didn't have to learn to love my son. I already did. And my son's real funny. He's like, he knows how much I love him. And I think he taunts me because he knows how much I love him. And so whenever, like, he's sitting here in, in church and Pastor Chuck says, okay, everybody hug each other and all that kind of stuff. I go to him. He goes, this is making your day, right, Mom? 
this is making your day, right? Because <laughs> he's not like a real affectionate person. Um, because I, I don't know if it's because he's a lawyer or what, but he's just not affectionate. I think in, in law school they trained him, don't use your emotions. <laughs> you know? I think they do teach him that because it's all, you know, like that. But anyway, that leads us to the third point. I'm moving faster than I did this morning in my practice. <laughs> I'm just throwing stuff out left and right. So anyway, um, the, third, the third point is to follow him more nearly. And who can we look at more closely that followed him was the disciples. They followed him. I mean, look what they did. They committed their lives to him. They threw away their fishing businesses their uh, tax collecting businesses, their personal lives, they left their families, they went away for three and a half years to be with Jesus. They were committed to him. Wherever he went, they went. Whatever he had them do, they did. And um, he had a few that caused trouble. <laughs> that shows us that none of them were perfect. I won't say their names, but uh, he did have a few, to, few of them. They didn't wait to fast and pray. You know, they didn't say, when Jesus said, hey, Matthew, follow me. He didn't say, uh, let me uh, fast and pray for three or four days, and then I'll get back to you, okay? No, he said, yes, Lord. Yay, Lord. I will follow you. And that's kind of like what I did with you, right? I met him. I went and told the banker, I met my husband, 10 weeks later we got married. I was in the ministry the first day we got married. Um, we went on our honeymoon for three days to Santa Barbara and then we were back in church. And he was teaching the kids. And when I came in I said, you need help. <laughs> because he was teaching the kids and they were crawling all over, I mean I couldn't believe what they were doing when he was teaching them. So I came in and helped him, and I've been doing that ever since. And it's a joy, babe, to, to do that for you for all these years. I think, isn't it? <laughs> Let's give a hand. Stand up, Pastor Chuck. <laughs> 33 years dedicated to ministry. God is pleased. Amen. So the, uh, one other thing I wanted to say about the disciples, not only did they follow him when he was here on earth, they followed him after his ascension into heaven. They all preached the gospel, and 11 out of 12 of them were martyred. Um, I won't go all, over all of them, but it's kind of interesting. Peter and Paul, Paul was beheaded, and Peter was crucified, but he wouldn't be crucified like this. He wanted to be crucified upside down because he said he was not worthy to die in the same manner as his Lord. That's interesting. Matthew, the tax collector, some said he was stabbed. Some said he didn't, he didn't, uh, he wasn't martyred. Um, Matthias, he's the one that took Judas Iscariot's place and he was burned to death. So, I mean, there's other ones. If you go on the internet, you can Google it and see what happened to them all. It's pretty interesting. So how do we follow him more nearly? How do we do it? Well, 
Jesus left, and who did he send here? The Holy Spirit, right. We have the Holy Spirit now to guide us, to lead us, and to show us things to come. And so we have to hook up with him. You know, we got to get tight with the Holy Spirit because he's the one that shows us what to do. He's the one that can give us wisdom and, you know, he can make things happen for us. So that's so important that we do that. And, you know, he's in us and we're in him. And so we have to realize that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So we have to develop times to be with him. How many of you can say, I meet with the Lord? I'm not looking. How many of you can say, I meet with the Lord every morning or evening every day? Very good, very good. I can't say I do it every day. I try to do it every day. You know, I'm a little different. He gets up through 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, out of bed in the morning, just making it to work. But I'm awake at night. And, <laughs> and when I'm in the car on my way to work, if I'm in the car, sometimes I take the train. But if I'm on the train, I'm listening to the Word of God. You know, if I'm in my car, I'm praying or I'm also listening to the Word of God. You know, I'm always doing something. And then at night, that's more of my meditation time when I'm falling asleep. I don't know how everybody else does it, but um, the more we spend with God, with the Holy Spirit, the more that we will be able to follow him more and hear his voice. You know, he said his sheep know his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We're not going to know his voice unless we're following him closely. So we want to keep doing that. And if you really love Jesus, you will follow him and you will listen to his spirit. So in conclusion, I know everybody's happy. <laughs> in conclusion, I will say to you that we need to walk with him day by day. We need to continue on the course. No matter how many years we're here on this earth, whether it's 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100. I know people, we have a family member that's 100 and something years old, 103 years old, my sister-in-law's father. No matter how many years we're here on this earth, we've got to follow, we've got to be tight with the Lord day by day. So we can have the power on the inside of us to reach the lost, to reach the people that he has ordained for us to meet. And I just want to encourage you today that when you leave here, that, that you not forget what you're learning today. It's so easy to leave, and, but you know, listen to what you heard and, and, and make it a goal in your life to, to try and see him more, to love him more, and to follow him more. That's the goal that he wants from us. He loves us, and um, he wants us to do that. And he will change your life. You will see miracles. You will see great things happen when you continue to do this. And thank you so much for being here today. And happy Mother's Day. We thank you.